I love that powerful video showing about Jesus' birth and the angels and the shepherds. Hmm. I took a short couple seconds from the Chosen Shepherd movie as well as, and this is a good little recommendation, The Journey to Bethlehem. Has anybody seen The Journey to Bethlehem musical? Did you know they made a musical about Jesus' birth? I didn't until a few weeks ago, and Rachel and I watched it, and it was so good. I'm telling you, check it out. So good. But here we are. Joseph, Mary, shepherds, angels. And what did the angels say every time they appeared to Mary, Joseph, the shepherds? They said what? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I got a little Christmas <laughs> glitter in my ear. What'd they say? Fear not. fear not! Fear not. That's what we've been studying for three weeks is fear not. Uh, and, and how do we live our lives today? And today we're focusing on the shepherds. Uh, we talked about Mary. We talked about Joseph and how they relate to our world. What they might have been going through. Trying to get a, ourselves in their shoes a little bit. Today the shepherds. Shepherds, interesting, okay, uh, out in their flocks by night, and how did the shepherds feel while they were out there? And, and I wonder, and this is where we're going today, I wonder if they felt a little bit like they didn't feel good enough for God. Do you ever feel that way sometimes in your life? <laughs> My dad, and I'll share this with you, I don't think I've ever shared this before. My dad, when he was a kid, a little kid, his dad, my grandpa Lyle Kane, would put him to bed, and sometimes when he tucked him in, he would say this prayer. Have you ever heard this prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my what? My soul to take. Right. That's what it sounds like. It's, it's like a scary prayer. For a kid, you're telling that to a three-year-old? And like, you want to give them nightmares? That's what he did. My dad told me that he still remembered until his old age, his dad telling him that prayer like, night, night, little Rex. Let, don't let the bud bugs bite, buddy. If you should die before you wake. You know, like, what? You're telling a kid this? That's nuts. Don't tell your kids that, please. I'm just begging you for those of you raising little kids. Don't, don't tell them that prayer at night right before they go to sleep and get a dwell on it because what he saw, my dad had nightmares about that prayer. He envisioned in his bedroom the floor opening up and he could see fire and brimstone and lava and he felt like he might have been falling inside getting wrath and punishment and going somewhere that he didn't want to go. If you die tonight, son. All right, sweet dreams, little Rexy Poo. That's what my grandpa did. My grandpa, come on. What are you doing to these kids? Uh, scaring him senseless. I imagine along with those nightmares that my dad might also get feelings like the shepherds did today. Feelings like we're not good enough. Like we don't measure up. Like we don't deserve God's forgiveness, like we do deserve being sucked into a vortex in our bedroom of lava and fire and brimstone if we should die before we wake. Fearful of where he stood before God. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. This is, um, 
the, the birth of Jesus, the true story. You all can read this to your kids uh, or to one another tomorrow. If you don't have little kids, that's okay too. It's very applicable to any age. Luke chapter 2 in the New Testament, over three-fourths away through your Bibles or Bible apps or whatever. Um, that's where we're going today. And I want to find out if we need to be scared of not feeling good enough in relation to the shepherds. So here we are in Luke chapter 2. If you're there, say, Jesus! Thank you. You've got to get a little huspa in your throat. Yep. A little phlegm. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Or if you're Charlie Brown, I think he says they were so afraid. <laughs> but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Or we would say this morning in another version, fear not. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to how many people? All people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Sorry, I'll just read it. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Or some new King, uh, King James says, and goodwill towards men. Verse 15, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. We're going to pause there for now. Uh, just one thought, if you can fill it in, uh, in your notes this week, a little insert, uh, that we can't save ourselves, and that's why hope was born. Real simple. You probably didn't come here expecting much else. Baby Jesus, we need hope. But that's the truth and we need to internalize this. And even though it may be a story that you have heard before, some stories are really worth repeating, aren't they? We can't save ourselves and that's why hope was born. See, there is bad news in the world. Sometimes you need to know the bad news in order to accept the good news. You're sick and so you need a cure. Okay, so you go to a doctor. You're sick, let's get a cure. Let's get this done. Well, in our, our spiritual lives and for uh, you know, just all of ourselves, we have inherited a sin nature and we are not good by ourselves. And that is the bad news uh, that we cannot save ourselves from our sins, from the things that we do, the mistakes that we make, the missing the mark the word literally means. And we are not perfect. Just ask your wife if you think you're perfect, right? You are, you're not perfect. And your spouse or your loved ones, they could give you a long list of all the things you've done wrong. We know that we are not inherently good, even though we might think sometimes, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. We're not perfect, for sure. For sure, we're not perfect. And that's why Hope was born in Bethlehem that night. And I got a little visual. Oh, Nancy, here we go. Just don't act, growl at me like a wolf and I won't hit you with my shepherd's stick, okay? So we got the shepherds, case in point. This is my... Speaking of grandparents, this is my grandma Lila. I had a grandpa Lyle on one side, the canes, and grandma Lila, my mom's mom, and she made this. You know, people used to make things, isn't that funny? <laughs> they didn't just go to Walmart. <laughs> she made this little sheep, and uh, I think my sister and I had it growing up, and we'd snuggle with it. A little lammy. Yeah, smells like grandma. Okay, so we got a shepherd's staff, and 
of all the people in all the world that the angels could have come to, that they could have announced this new incredible thing that Jesus, uh, that, that God was doing through Jesus? Kings, right? Powerful, the rich, the affluent. You'd think they, they could have appeared to them. They should have appeared to those in power to, to spread this message or reach the highest rung of the ladder. And guess what the angels appeared to? Lowly shepherds. Out in the field, stinky and dirty. Bah, like one of the little sheep said a minute ago, bah, I won't tell any bad jokes this morning. I'll do my best. All right. I can't promise anything though. So they chose to appear to lowly shepherds. First group, pretty wild. Now, uh, some people did appreciate shepherds back then. I think they were uh, the providers for the sacrificial system, uh, for ceremonies, you know, where they get these sheep from to atone for people's sins from the shepherds. So there was an appreciation in that system, uh, the religious system back then. But by and large, these shepherds, they were considered, and oftentimes pretty poor, pretty uneducated, like I said, dirty and stinky, kind of like they're, they're just out on the road all the time. If you're a truck driver, you know you're out there, you're, you're gone for long periods of time. They were gone for long periods of time. Uh, they didn't have trucker showers or things to clean up in. And so the sacrificial system, you had to come, and if you were going to make atonement for your sin, you had to have certain uh, qualities about you. You had to be ceremonially clean in order to make sacrifices for it. And so they just kind of were on the road all the time, dinky, dirty, stinky, dinky, sure too. Uh, and they weren't able to go into the temple. They weren't allowed in. They weren't allowed to make sacrifices for their sin. They were uh, just kind of perpetually ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. Outcasts in that society. Blue-collar workers with no advancement opportunities in their career. And in fact... Um, they couldn't even, well, because of what these priests kind of barred them from getting in, they might have felt, and this is where we're going, that they were not good enough for God. That they couldn't clean themselves up uh, enough or didn't have the opportunity to be with God. They were rejected by the religious leaders in their quote-unquote church back then. That's really sad. How would you like it if there was like an uh, you know, entry gate here at Troyview and we looked you up and down, gave you a sniff test. You know, and if you didn't pass the sniff test, or if we decided we didn't like what you posted on social media that week, or what you said to your coworker or your wife, well, you, you're kinda, you can't come in. You can't worship God because uh, we're rejecting you. And that's probably how they felt. I'd imagine they felt, these shepherds, maybe they felt unworthy. Maybe they felt inadequate. Perhaps they even felt unloved. Have you ever felt those things in your life? Unworthy, inadequate, unloved. Some of you, more than others, some of you, you look in the mirror every day and you feel those feelings and you don't even like yourself to be around sometimes. And the reality is that we can come in here on Christmas Sunday, we can put on a fake happy face, a Christian church face, you know, and say, Jesus is born, Jesus is born, yay, yay, yay when we internally have these feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness and we feel unloved. You know, Santa, he talks about the naughty list and the nice list. And some of y'all threaten your kids. If you keep acting up, you're going to be on the naughty list and you're not going to get your presents, Nancy. And you're going to, you got to shape up or ship out. 
and we, we bribe and threaten kids that they won't get their presents. Of course, they always get their presents, right? But the truth, the reality is that we are all on the naughty list. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but all of us are stuck in sin, or at least we've all fallen short of the glory of God without Jesus, and we're all on the naughty list. None of us are good enough to measure up to God's standard, which is what? Perfection. That's why we needed Jesus. The last sacrifice. Um, you know, And the angels appear into the shepherds. This is kind of neat. In a way, they're saying, hey, you guys, you provide sheep, lambs for the sacrifices. Guess what? I want you to go see this new baby who's going to be the end of the sacrificial system. The end of you providing lambs for the slaughter to atone for the sins because we won't need them anymore. So that's kind of neat. They're appearing to the shepherds, but we all really deserve coal in our stockings. We do. I, I brought to my mother-in-law's house yesterday these chocolates that were wrapped in shapes like coal just for her. Because she gave them to me last year and I still had a couple left <laughs> for her stocking to try and get her back. We all deserve to be on the naughty list, but God through Jesus puts us on the nice list. If you want to think about it that way, as you're thinking about Santa, some of you this week. But you ever had an unworthy thought like, how could God love somebody like me? Who does all the things that I do to hurt people, to hurt myself? I've said so many things that have hurt and mess things up. How could God love me? Heck, how could even other people love me? Uh, you know, some of you, you almost killed your own kid on the way to church this morning. You're like, we're going to go worship Jesus, so sit down and shut up and act like you like each other and stop fighting. We're going to worship the baby. Hey, we're going to worship the newborn Savior, so shut up! Right? Is what we feel like sometimes as parents in the car. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, Right? And we can just fly off the handle sometimes and we go crazy. And, oh, Lord, we all need Jesus. Anybody ever felt inadequate in your life? Like you just can't measure up? You see your friends' perfect family photos on social media. Or they give you a Christmas picture and you're like, we are definitely not measuring up to that. But you see... Other people's highlight reels. You don't see the behind the scenes of the kids screaming and whining and you got to bribe them to smile in that picture. I've done that before. Okay, I'll give you chocolate if you just smile for two seconds. Just give me two seconds. We won't name names. For the Christmas card. And people don't see the behind the scenes, but a lot of us feel inadequate. Maybe you even felt like a failure. Can't remember the last time that I prayed. Can't remember the last time I, you know, maybe... Uh, did something good to help somebody else or, or was with a, a church family doing, serving, giving, whatever. And Lord, just please you know, help me not to kill this person in the Walmart parking lot who took my spot and I need to get in and get out and I got to get this Christmas stuff going. And it's almost Christmas. I'm about to murder this person in traffic. Oh, I could tell you this story. I just heard it last night. Our cousins... I'll give you the short, short, short version. They went to the zoo, Columbus Zoo Lights, and there was a two-plus-hour traffic jam getting out of the zoo lights, which made me go, yeah, maybe we won't go, or maybe we'll go on a Tuesday, but not like Christmas weekend. And this person in another car to our cousins 
was they had rolled down the window. They were leaning over their wife. Their wife kept trying to roll up the window. And they're screaming obscenities and profanities. My cousin's just trying to merge into this zipper traffic and it's gridlock for two hours. And she said, it wasn't like it was a short burst of screaming. It was minutes long. And he was recording on his phone in case... Who knows, this guy could get out of his car with a gun or do something. You just don't know what people are going to do now. And their little kid in the back seat, I think he's maybe four years old, he's like, this person's really grumpy. <laughs> and his mom goes, yeah, he needs to go home and, and get a nap, doesn't he? Yeah, he's real grumpy. <laughs> Screaming, like this is a zoo, there are children, and you're at the top of your lungs shouting profane. Now, maybe he was having a bad day. No excuse. <laughs> there are some reasons, but I, I agree with you, Eli. There's no excuse for that. That is just way off the handle, way too much. But you know what? Sometimes we do things in our life too. Maybe not to that degree, leaning out our window at the zoo lights, screaming profanities at little children passing by, which is nuts. What? Yeah, well, that's what they said. They said that, Brad. They said the animals are in the parking lot tonight. Seriously, they said that. Good connection. And they were. And it was nuts. But it just goes to show us that, man, we need Jesus. Man, we need the birth of the Savior. And everybody is far, has fallen far short of the glory of God and needs hope in their life and joy and peace. Some of the, uh, the scholars think that the shepherds, they were even like, uh, a lot of them were thieves. Considered, uh, you couldn't trust them. Like people in the parking lot at the zoo lights, you just can't trust them. They were even in the court of law, they said, we don't allow shepherd's testimony. I heard that. I, I, I thought that was pretty wild. Because they were so untrustworthy, these shepherds. They, wouldn't even, they couldn't even count as a witness in the court of law to give a testimony. And how many fathers would want to give your daughters away to a guy with no career advancement, opportunities, stinky, smelly, all the time, on the road, here with these sheep, just working seven hours a day, lowly, filthy, uneducated, spiritually unclean. They had it pretty tough, these guys. And the angels chose them. They came to them. And I think that's really, really powerful. And a lot of us, I think, feel unloved today too sometimes. Why did this person leave me? Why would they treat me this way? Was it something I did? Was it something I said? Did I drive them away? We can struggle with these feelings or like I said, sometimes we don't even like the person looking back at us in the mirror. And hate ourselves sometimes for what we've done or said. I feel like a failure, you know, we say in the mirror. I feel like a failure with my relationships, with my job, with my money, with my kids. I just can't do anything right. Have you ever thought like that? I think the shepherds might have. Inadequate, unworthy, unloved. And we might wonder if, gosh, if other people don't love me, if I can't even love myself, how's God going to love me? How's that even work? And the bottom line is, I think that religion 
this system where they said that the, the shepherds were unclean. It wasn't working very well for them. That's why they needed a, a relationship with Jesus instead of just feeling distant from God. But they couldn't keep all these strict man-made rules, 613 Jewish laws. Religion's not supposed to bind us. The relationship between God and Jesus is supposed to set us free from these things that just restrict us because uh, our Christianity is not about a list of do's and don'ts. If you don't do this, then you're good. If you... uh, do do good things, then you're good. And if you don't smoke and don't drink and don't chew and don't hang with girls who do, then you're good. And then you'll be, no, that's not how this works. Jesus is much more. Jesus doesn't care. He, he went to the deepest, darkest sinners back then and he said, I love you. I forgive you. Go and sin no more. The people that the religious leaders wouldn't even touch, he went to them. And he talked to these religious leaders. I love this. I think it's in Matthew chapter 23. Woe to you! Woe to you! Woe to you! You guys, you pretend to put on your church faces and you pretend to be so clean and nice and hey, how you doing? I'm fine. How you doing? I'm fine. On the outside. And I I pray big prayers in public and, and I do all these good things and look at me, look at me. It's like you religious leaders pretend to do this but on the inside, you're filthy. Spiritually dirty. And unclean. You're like whitewashed tombs, he says, and a bunch of other things. You brood of vipers. Because Jesus doesn't care as much about what we look on the outside or how we pretend or do these things. He wants our heart. He wants to know how are you really? How are you on the inside? That's what really, really matters. And so, what does this mean for us today? I want to read to you um, this other passage, short passage in Romans. Chapter 3, it's in your notes. And to help us get rid of these fears in our life, Romans chapter 3, Paul, if you know him, we've been studying him, he writes these words, Romans 3.20, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him, praise God, hallelujah, amen, without keeping the requirements of the law, because I sure couldn't, you sure couldn't, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, verse 22, we are made right with God, how? By being good enough? No. Oh, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for how many people? Some people, people who don't stink or smell or chew or Hang with girls who do. No. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. That's what Paul says. And he was the worst of sinners, he says. But God saved him too. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. Yet, with Christ, with God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We don't have to be fearful anymore that we're not good enough on our own, that we don't measure up because we can never measure up. You'll never be good enough no matter how hard you try because it's not about you trying harder and doing more that saves you. It's about trusting in Christ Jesus, our Savior born that day and His work on the cross. Our works don't save us. They can't. It's impossible. Only Jesus' work saves us. 
that little baby, born in a manger, the shepherds, checking him out, worshiping Christ, the newborn king, who was born, raised, grew up, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death in our place for our sins. So, we don't have to be afraid. No, we can't save ourselves, but that's why hope was born. We can't save ourselves from our own sins. We need to be saved, so we need a Savior. It's like this plus this equals this. We just need Jesus. There's no getting around it. And that's why we're here celebrating today. Because we need us some Jesus, the Messiah, hope in the form of a baby. Perfect hope on that Christmas night. Now, they say silent night, and if you've ever had a baby, I don't think it was very silent. Uh, with a, ah, you know, and then, and then push, and then I am pushing, and you know, get out of here, you did this to me. As you. <laughs> If you ever had a baby, it's a little intense and it's not quite as silent as they make it out to be. But maybe, maybe after that he took a nap. I don't know. And then it was a silent, peaceful night for like 30 minutes until he woke up and he was hungry, you know. But it was a silent night for a little bit. And the shepherds, I don't know, they might not have been fully aware of what was happening. But then the angels, they hand delivered the shepherds. These lowly, social outcasts, big fault. Failure, not failure, but out there, shepherds. You guys don't deserve to come into the temple. And the gods, through the angels, like, I want them to know first. Animal sacrifices are almost over. And then what did they do after? The shepherds, well, they didn't want to tell a lot of people about baby Jesus because it might trigger them and it might offend them. Right? It may, might make people uncomfortable if you tell them that Jesus is the only way. And it might make... An awkward conversation with their co-workers right? if they tell people that he's the only one that can save them. No! What did they do? Let's take a look. In Luke chapter 2, we're going to finish up with this. <laughs> they didn't care if it triggered or offended anybody. They need to know Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 17. After seeing this, the shepherds told how many people? Oh. Everyone! All people! what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, mind-blown. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Is that not so beautiful today? They worshipped and they praised God. And they couldn't keep their mouths shut about the newborn Savior. What about you? Have you also by faith alone trusted in Jesus alone for your sins? And now, I hope and pray that you have. If you have, now it's our job to go like the shepherds and say, Everybody, listen! Hey! Hey! I don't know why I picked that up. Everybody! Don't be sheepish, right? Okay, that's enough. Sorry. More bad jokes. Have you trusted and believed in Jesus? If not, today can be the day of your salvation. You can surrender your life to Him in the hope and joy and peace that goes beyond our understanding, the love that transcends all our circumstances for now and forever. We can... 
experience the abundant life that He gives us that starts today and goes on forever in His kingdom. I hope and I pray that this Christmas you celebrate that, that lasting joy. There's a lot of things in life. Your kids are going to open up presents tomorrow. They're going to tear into that stuff. You're going to tear into your stuff. And you're going to go, oh, cool, new, shiny stuff. I've got to figure out how it works. got to put the batteries in. And then next week it'll break. And then they'll lose it. And then they'll drop it. Those things don't last. Only the things of God and Jesus last forever. Remember that as you're doing Christmas Eve and Christmas that you can't experience a joy greater than any present could ever offer. And that's the joy of the gift of Jesus. And it might seem like a scary step. I don't know. I've been on the fence for a while. I don't know if he is Messiah, Savior, or if he's not kind of agnostic. Well, you got to get off the fence. He is or he isn't. I hope and pray that you surrender your life to him today, that you trust in his grace and mercy and forgiveness because it can be yours. It can be. You don't deserve it. <laughs> sure. For sure. Neither do I. None of us do. That's why it's a gift. That's why it's grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Undeserved gift. Here you go. Open this. Open this package. It's Jesus. The undeserved gift, but the best gift that the universe has ever received. And if you do make that decision to give your life to Jesus today, please let us know. We would love to celebrate with you in that fact that you have given your life to the baby in the manger who lived a perfect life, died, rose. He's coming back to rule and reign with us. And I know between now and then that this world can seem like a scary place sometimes. Amen? It is scary. There is fear everywhere. Turn on the news. No, don't turn on the news. But you'll see it. Fear, 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 fear. And this world's a scary place. But with God and Jesus, we don't have to live in fear constantly anymore because we have something that transcends that fear. That beats that fear, and his name's Jesus. We're going to sing our last song. And uh, I just love you all. And I hope you have a great Christmas. I love you back. I love you back. Is that what Obama said? Um, <laughs> I love you back. Celebrate Christmas. But hey, let's make every day, not just December 25th, about Jesus. Because when we do, his hope and joy and peace and love can change our world and the lives of everybody around us. So let's stand and sing praises to the God who takes away our fear. Yeah! Amen.
pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for giving us the best gift ever of Jesus, the Messiah, to take away our sins. We are lowly. We are not worth your salvation. We do not deserve it. And yet, you lavish your love on us anyway because you choose to, because you love us, because you want us to be back in right relationship with you and be with you forever. And we praise you for that fact. We are so grateful for the gift of Jesus and for his sacrifice. Heavenly Father, as we go from this place, I pray that we would give our fears to you, that we would trust in you when we are scared, when we are afraid, and know that you have conquered it all and that this world is a crazy, mixed up, insane, evil place. But that, Jesus, you have overcome that world. And we trust in you for that fact. Help us to be the church everywhere we go to represent you well and to help other people know the only hope and joy and love and peace that is in this world that will never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. And that's you and Jesus. Troy V. Church, we thank God most of all for who? Jesus. In His name, everybody said. Amen. Amen.